Oh, I'm going on the railroad. I'm going on the railroad. <laughs> Uncle, no, Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe, old Uncle Joe. I'll wants be the there in time for Christmas. <laughs> old Uncle Joe wants the railroads back. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. Everyone, welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. We are here, as always, in the reactor. Today is a bit hot. Adam turned the heat on hot and left it on, and now it's hot and stuffy. And that's just how we like it, because it's time to fucking podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi, Adam. Hi. Hi. Guys, we have Noah. Noah, guys, we have one new five-star review from BRL1983. It says, as a lover of nature and science, it's hard to find content that isn't a bit dry and boring. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. This Thank podcast you, is damn near perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Noah. Yeah. What are your gripes today? My gripe is when you fly on an airline nowadays and now you have no idea what the airline is going to do with their middle seat. I'm speaking especially about a United flight that I flew recently on. Um, let me just tell you, United's policy with the middle seat is we, at United, we will do our best. They say, do our best. Do contact passengers approximately 24 hours prior to departure. So again, that is unbelievably vague. And so basically they can just do whatever they want. I have no idea what that means. Let me just give you an example too. As of January 7th, 2021, this is this is Alaska's policy. You ready for this? Sounds like the United States climate policy. Let me just, just listen to this. This is yep. Alaska's policy. As of January 7th, Alaska is no longer blocking middle seats in regular economy, but the airline will continue to block middle seats in the extra leg room premium class. So that's just an example of how convoluted it is. So the plebeians, <laughs> the plebeians like, have to sit next now, to each other. Now, economy, your seats definitely suck and you're in economy, but also someone will be in your middle seat. But if you're in premium class, you will have the middle seat blocked. Right. Classic. Health standards so followed I if would you're just in like, first class. I just want a blanket policy. I just, I just want every airline to have the same middle seat policy. That'd be great. Well, that's not true, Noah. Rich people deserve to be healthier than you. And you know that. That's right. Adam, what's your gripe? Uh, my gripe yeah. today, friends, we were just talking about this, friends calling in the middle of trying to figure something out at work. You're deep in work. You're deep in something that you're trying to figure out. And friends and calling. And friend calls. I, I would love to talk to the friend. I just wish they didn't call right then. So what happens is the friend calls. Uh-huh. I know okay. You pick up the phone. Yeah. Maybe you have a 20-minute chat. You put the phone down. You're like, oh, I'll just go on this blog, right? And then, then you're lost in the internet. And now you've now you've gone an hour and you've completely lost it. Right. Where have you gone? Right. Honestly, when I'm in the middle of work and a friend calls, I, I don't answer because I know that like, I just, I'm not going to be able to get back to it. But then what happens is that then I have to schedule a time to call the friend back. Right. And then it's like, a whole, then I, now I have this other scheduled thing. Friends, I love you. Thanks for calling. Boo, friends call. I've got to come back. No, yeah, it's time to play our game. Let's let's play. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you some questions here, and I want you to tell me who you think this president is, and what party they're from. I like okay? it. Okay, this is a president who expanded acreage in national forests from 42 million acres to 172 million acres during his presidency. 42 to 172. Yes. Who is Theodore Roosevelt? Oh my God! How'd you know that? Fuck yes, baby! I didn't even say the second. The second hint was he added fifty-one national wildlife refugee refuges 
And he organized the first conservation conference. And you're right. Super fucking dope. It's Teddy fucking Roosevelt. How'd Question. you know that? How'd you know that? Uh, I, that? That's just one of the ones. I just somehow know that. I don't actually know how I know that. That's crazy. Was he a Republican or Democrat? Republican. Interesting. Staunch Republican. Staunch Republican. Expanded the national parks. Second one. Okay. Created the Environment, Environmental Protection Act. Okay. Which put into play legislation helping us enjoy clean air, cleaner water, pesticides. I mean... Better pesticides. We didn't eat them. And the first law is protecting ocean mammals like whales. Damn. Which president is this and what party oh, is he from? Please shit. answer in the form of a Jeopardy question. Yeah, absolutely. Whales, huh? Who is Bill Clinton? What did you say? Who is Bill Bill Clinton? No, it's not Bill Clinton. It is Richard Nixon. Really? Richard Nixon. That is so cool. What party is Richard Nixon from? Republican, right? Republican. Both. Wow. So I wanted to do this little game because somehow we've gone from this, right, where the Republican Party has been an advocate of environmental practices to what we saw the last four years, which is a complete reversal of that. And there's a long, there's a long history of before Nixon of Republicans being, being uh, advocates for the environment. So yeah, it's crazy because now, like, why is that switched? Why has why has, first of all, like, it's why is climate like party? Ba- why is it partisan anyway? In short, uh, when Reagan became president, he was not a fan. Not that he hated the environment, but he figured he thought that it was something that people wouldn't pay for in a campaign. Like he thought that people cared about it. But, but they, they wouldn't vote on it. Right. But they wouldn't vote on it. They didn't care about it enough to and, vote on it. And so he cut he cut the fat, basically. So he basically cut the fat and just served the businesses like coal and oil, fossil fuels, stuff like that. And ever since then, it has never gone back to the Republican Party? No. I mean, M- McCain. McCain put in some of the first um, climate laws through the Senate. Really? Yeah. It, it's like, But right right now, it, it just seems like... It seems like it's such a partisan issue. Exactly. So I just want to say it has, n- there is a long history of it not being a partisan issue. Yeah, I issue. hate that it is a partisan issue. Right. I hate it too. So Noah, what is our topic today? Hey, our topic is Joe Biden's climate policy. Adam, part usually, we have a we have a packed, part usually, we got a packed episode. It's absolutely jam-packed. Absolutely jam-fucking-packed. First of all, we're going to talk about what Biden did his first day of presidency. Then we're going to have halftime honey, early halftime honey. Then we're going to have, then we're going to talk about Biden's vision for the future. I'm excited about his vision. I'm excited about his vision. The climate policy is dope. It's really, really fucking dope. I love a good vision. I love a good vision. Adam. Yes. Big hands that don't suck. <laughs> you have 60 seconds to tell us everything we need to know to enjoy the episode about Biden's climate policy. Okay, let's do it. Ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Yesterday, January 20th, Joe Seth Biden. Uncle Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Sleepy Joe, Uncle Joe. Sleepy Joe, Uncle Joe. Became the 46th president of the United States. And he did a lot of stuff on his first day, Noah. He signed 17 executive orders. Okay, so grab your White House labeled pens. Because Joe had a lot of them. Those pens look dope. They look so sick in a nice little pen box. I know. As we take a look at Joe Biden's climate plan and the actions that he has already taken to combat the warming of the planet. So, Noah? Yeah. What is our theme today? Our theme today is progress. Ooh. Okay. I got, we're about to make a lot of progress. Lots and lots of... He's got a lot of progress. For, I'm, I'm really excited about it. 
It seems really tight, his climate plan. I wonder how much of it's going to work, but it seems really, really dope. Also, I want to touch on the presidential pens. Those pens are fucking dope. And his desk in the Oval Office. So one thing I was thinking about is like when you look at Joe Biden signing everything, there's obviously, there's no computer on his desk. So that led me to think like, does the president ever use a computer? A desk without a computer is a powerful desk. I know it's like he's so, it's like a whole desk. He's so powerful that he never has to go online because things are just presented directly to him. I think the oval Do you see of, what I mean? The oval office, aka the oral office. <laughs> Shout out Bill. Shout out to Bill is just for marketing, right? It's like you got the American flag in there. Yeah, no. Is it? Yeah. And they they show him so signing do orders. Do you think that he has another desk with a computer on it? Do you think he has like five monitors and a stand-up desk and he's just like Yeah, like like does he have like us? Does he have like the stand-up desk and like Exactly. So so then what I thought about was like, does the president ever go on a computer because or is his life basically just getting things directly briefed to him and making like a just having meetings? Does he just go from meeting to meeting, face to face, meetings to meetings, and he never uses a computer? No, I mean I I don't know. Would it be a security issue if he did use a computer? What would he need to use a computer for? Because the information that he's looking at is is going to be brief. Direct. What does the president do? Honestly, I don't even fucking know. I want to read the Obama book so I like have a better do? understanding. They sign bills, put bills well, into effect. I get what he. I get what they do by setting up leader the, of the free world. I get what they do by setting up the system around them. Blowjobs in the you. office. <laughs> I, I get what they mean by setting up the system. You know, right? But then, like, once the system is set up, what you're saying is, let me just summarize. How could a man that powerful have a desk with no powerful computing? That's right. Because our lives are on a computer, so I just don't get it. We hope to get it to the point in life where we just have a big oak desk without any kind of wires on it. That is when you fucking That's made it. You know, when you, you have a big desk with no software on it or no electronics on it because you just don't even need it. Yeah. Yeah. Can, um, those, can I tell you a, power, a desk power move? Yeah, you can, tell me, desk. you can tell me desk power move. When I was working at um, Q2, that big financial banking company, the yeah. CEO's desk in his office was just a giant oak desk the size of the wall of his room. Oak. Oak and just polished. That was it. And the only thing he had hanging up was boxing gloves. Just that the is desk, such a power just move. Just the desk and boxing gloves. I am gloves. so into that move. That's it. I am so into no that No computer move. or anything. That is such a sick move. Yeah. That's how that's how they fucking get it done. Talking about get it done. Adam. Yep. What did Biden do his first day of presidency? Okay. So for Biden's first day, we're going to talk about what he did environmentally. Like I said before, he signed 17 executive orders. So he did other things. On a sick desk with right. sick pens. Im- he did other things with immigration. He did other things to root out systemic racism. Other things that are very important to do, but we're just going to talk about the environment right now. Okay. A couple things. Number one is reversing of the Keystone pipeline. And then number two is reentering the Paris agreement. We're actually going to do that backwards because I think it's a little more important to reenter the Paris agreement. We're going to do that one first. Yeah. Tell us. Okay. So what is the Paris agreement, right? The Paris agreement was signed by the, by UNESCO in 2016. What is That's the Education and Science Branch of the United Nations. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's cool. Okay. okay. UNESCO is going to pop up again in our next episode, I think, actually, as well. So the long-term goal of the Paris Agreement is to keep the temperature below 2 Celsius or 3.6 Fahrenheit. They call it pre-industrial levels. To, to keep the temperature above rising to that level. To keep it above rising to that level, yes. Um, it And they, they seek to do this in three different ways, okay? To hold the increased global temperature below two Celsius, or the, these are their three mandates, to increase the ability to foster climate resilience 
and lower greenhouse gases in a manner that is non-threatening to food production. Meat ranching. Meat. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. Third one. I like this one a lot. This is an interesting one. I'd like to learn more about this. This is like carbon marketplaces, making financial flows consistent towards low greenhouse gas emissions. Okay. So making it economical and incentivized to do that. Those are the three mandates. Okay. The country's participants. Yeah. Were those two? Was that two? Those are three. Number one, holding the increase in global average temperature to below two Celsius. Okay. Second one to foster climate resilience and low greenhouse gas emissions while not threatening food production. Okay. And number three, making financial flows consistent towards low greenhouse gas emissions. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so these, the who is participating in this thing, right? It's every country that is a major producer of pollution. China. Is, is China in it? Yeah, China is in it. Were they? Okay. Okay. The... Everyone that's a major, major pollutant, except for countries like Iraq, Iran, Turkey, and I think, I, I'm not sure about Russia. Maybe yes or no on Russia. I'm not sure about it. Okay. They give no fucks. Yeah, they might give no fucks. Um, so the biggest polluter is China, followed by the United States at number two, and then all of Europe, then India, and then Russia. The problem with the Paris agreements right now is it is a political agreement rather than a legal agreement. So what would be the difference? A legal agreement, there would be taxes against CO2 emissions. So if you emitted X amount of gigaton, that's how they measure this, in gigatons of CO2, then maybe you get some tariffs, maybe you get some taxes, you're, you're penalized, right? So you're incentivized to not do that. But right now, it's just an agreement to do things better. So so it's like a handshake agreement? Yes. So that's why it's called the Paris Agreement because it is literally a handshake agreement to not do it. There's no consequences. And this has been met with heavy criticism. Right? Because it, it always because has been. Because it's not right. strong enough. There's no... There's no dick. There's no dick there. In legal there's terms, no they call it a it. binding enforcement mechanism. Binding enforcement mechanism. So you can yell at someone that they signed it. Yes. It's exactly. like an IOU when, the, when your friend doesn't pay you. Right, exactly. So it's the criticism is that there's no action, there's just promises, and there's nothing to stop these high polluting countries from from emitting so terribly. Um, I think also Mexico is not part of it as well, and they pollute a good load as well. Uh, I just read too. It says Russia has formally adopted the Paris Agreement. Oh, okay. So they're I'm not in? sure if that means that they're in. It says that they formally adopted the Paris Agreement. Right. They, so and they're they're the they're the fourth largest polluter. Right. So basically every nation. That that was significant, except for us was on board with it. Sick. It, until, and we were not in it until yesterday, when Joe signed the order. And now on February 19th, we will be readmitted to the, the Paris Agreement. The big dog's back. Let's be honest. The big dog the is big back. The big motherfucking dog is back in the room. Not only that, but it shows the world that, you know, the United States is serious about climate change. And people look at the United States to see what we do. So it's really important that we're in there. Because yeah. right now that is, uh, it's it's more of just sh saying that you are going to come to the table and you're going to be a player in this game to fight climate change. Right, and the and the U.S. the U.S. is fifteen percent of global emissions, and China. So the U.S. is two at fifteen percent, and China is twenty eight. China's 24? exactly China's number one at twenty eight. Twenty eight. So they suck a lot more than us, but we still suck. Well, we I mean it's it's complicated, right? It's not that simple. We use their products, as you well know. 
right? Yeah, I will. A that. lot of products that we use here are made in China, so they get hit with the emissions, but we use their products. So right. things aren't that cut and dry. This is going to bring me to part of Joe's plan as well. Okay, interesting. All right, let's go to the second thing that he did yesterday. He revoked the permit of the Keystone Pipeline to build a thousand Keystone Pipeline. To build, yeah, a pipeline made out of Keystone send, cans of key, beer. To send Keystone beer from right. Alaska down Keystone and Natty Light and GameCubes down to the Gulf of Texas. Down to American universities. What he was actually, what they were actually sending is crude oil. 800,000 barrels of it, Noah. It's a lot of barrels. That's a lot. From Alberta, Canada to the Texas Gulf Coast. You familiar with the Texas Gulf Coast? No, I'm very familiar. Galveston, Corp, Corpus. Love that. They used to spend, you used, spend place. Yeah, used to spend nights there. You ever go to Corpus for a weekend? Spring break. <laughs> Port Aransas. Tell the people what uh, the Gulf Coast is like of Texas. I've been there. Let me just tell you guys that. So I used to work in the oil industry and I used to spend lots of nights in West Texas and the Gulf Coast of Texas. And basically down there in Texas, um, you'll go to restaurants and there's no English and no one speaks English because uh, it, it's right on the border. And it is like it, it looks like an apocalypse zone, basically. Spring break, baby. But you can go there for spring break. Once a, once a year, spring break happens. And a lot of American students go. Okay. Um, the Natural Resources Defense Council said in response to this yesterday, the scrapping of this disastrous project will support both Canadian and U.S. climate objectives by stalling the expansion of the tar sands climate catastrophe and reducing North America's reliance on dirty fuels. So where is the drilling going to happen for this? Because, because that's another thing. That's a different thing. The okay. drilling. So this was a. So th this was this. A, this was a pipeline going from Alaska to the U.S. Right. This is a pipeline going from Alaska to to Galveston, where I guess Holy they were going to ship it. They were going to ship it. I don't know why they couldn't ship it from Alaska. Um, I, I don't know because oh, they want to get to the Gulf of Mexico. Right. Yeah. To get yeah. to the to get to the Atlantic. Uh, right. Go around Florida. They're on, if Alaska is on the Atlantic anyway, think we're better at nope, basic no, math. Or, do you think we're better at basic math or geography? Not good at geography, not good geography. But yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's why. Anyway, so he revoked their permit, so they can't build the pipeline anymore. Obviously, there's a lot of resistance to this. Uh, what do you think that the other side says about this? They say that without it, the price of oil is going to go really high. Um, uh, not quite. Okay. They, they said we're going to lose jobs. Lose jobs. There you go. Yeah. Okay. They're going to say we're going to lose jobs, and it's a it's a good revenue stream for Alaska. And as you know, Alaska votes a majority red, so they weren't the they weren't too happy about this. But and also the Trudeau of France, Prime Minister of France. Okay. He supports the pipeline, which is interesting. Really? Yeah. Which it's going to go through Canada. So he likes the pipeline. He liked the pipe because it gave. French parts of Canada jobs? I'm not sure. I really don't know. So the pi the pipeline is going through Canada to the Gulf. Alaska through Canada to the Gulf. That's how big it is. That's that fucking huge? humongous. Is that humongous? Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me just say too. I used to I used to walk what? pipelines. Which wait, what'd you, you say? What you say? I wish you just play the whole song. This is the best part. What you say? Well, I say about the Alaskan pipeline. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I used to walk pipelines, which is like when they're about to put in a pipeline, you walk the thing and you like see like what you basically see what environment it will destroy. And then the oil company has to pay. Yeah. They have to pay the states for that. And when you put in a pipeline, the problem is that the digging and all the trucks that come and all that shit, it just is a disaster. 
It's, disaster a, it's a disaster zone for like where that pipe goes. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> don't, it, don't the, lay that pipe. Promise. Don't just lay pipe. The north. Where you don't know where it is. The north of Canada in that area is pretty pristine wilderness. It's going to go through and ruin. I mean, I just don't think we should be investing in the pipeline, right? Let's invest okay. in some other shit. We have a lot more things to get to, so I'm going to move on. But there's obviously a lot more to that one. Um, auto pollution. Okay. So this is a reversal of a reversal of a reversal. Obama, Obama first made the a vehicle emission standard, you could say, that a vehicle could not emit more than 54.5 miles per gallon or had to be as good as getting 54.5 miles per gallon of fuel by 2025. That's really good. That's really good. So for example, my old Acura, it used to get 19 miles per gallon. My Ford Ranger got 11. You're right. It's terrible. So 54 is really good. We're making progress. So all new vehicles had to get 54 so, by that. By right. Then. And he signed this mandate in 2012. And it was it's a slow progression. So so now the vehicles were at 34.5 before Trump rolled it back where they needed to get to. Damn. On average. New sale vehicles. Right. And this is an oversimplification, obviously. Yeah, yeah. They're still going to make SUVs. I think it just has to average out to that. And they're making it slow for manufacturers, working with manufacturers to be like, okay, you don't have to do it all at once, but by this time you need to get to here and incentivizing it. Trump rolled that back. Okay. Damn it. Obviously, because he wanted, he wanted to stimulate the, his argument was stimulating the economy during the pandemic, giving the manufacturers kind of like just leeway to do whatever they wanted with it. Right. And then Joe had yesterday just rolled the rollback back. He rolled the rollback back. He rolled the rollback back. This seems to happen a lot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So now we're back on track with that one. That's auto pollution. Okay. Okay. National monuments. So what what's a what do you think a national monument is? Uh like the 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 thing with the, <laughs> the reflecting pole. The you thing know, with you the know, thing. You know what we're good at? Geography, basic math, and na- national national history. National history. The thing by the reflecting pole, the big obelisk. Talking right. about laying pipe. The the, the sh- Washington monument? The thing is that, that reflecting is that, pole. Uh, yeah, the, the tower? Re- the phallus. Re- you mean the phallus? The, fa- the huge phallus, reflecting pole, statue of Abraham Lincoln. I believe Lincoln. that's a Washington monument. Sure, there it is. With this, no, it's, Abraham Lincoln's statue's there. He's looking out over the pool to the Washington monument phallus, right? The, whatever, we should the do, giant we phallus. We should do a basic test and see which okay. one of us is better. Yeah. So the phallus is not a national monument as as this is defined as. What is national monument? A national monument is, you ever been to Mere Woods in Mill Valley? Fuck yeah. So it's, not a national. Smoked weed. We smoked weed in the furnace. I smoked there. weed with Muir. And with I John Muir. I smoked weed. John Muir, Johnny Hopkins, and Sloan Kettering. 100%. Heard it here first. Um, it's not quite a national park, but it's just a step below that. So I guess it's kind of on a different funding scale, the way I understand it. Someone's okay. going to correct me out there. It doesn't get as much, perhaps, as a national park does, okay. but it's still a protected area. So like Muir Woods are protected. The Oregon Mountains. In New Mexico are protected. Giant Sequoia National Monument in California is protected. Bears Ears Canyon in Utah. These are examples of national monuments. Yeah, there's a lot. Okay. Okay. So during the Trump administration, he rolled back protections on the national monuments to do more development work near them. Near or actually on them. Dope. And a lot of these national monuments are important for native peoples. They have a cultural heritage to them as well. Oh, a yeah. component like that. Um, so Biden... He rolled back the rollbacks once again. He, a couple of them that were in review, like 
Sand to Snow Monument in California and Craters of the Moon in Idaho, which apparently has a lot of cultural significance, he took them off the review process. So they're not being reviewed anymore. They're just going to be protected. Yeah. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So 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 you got the first aid office is the is the Keystone Pipeline, right? Okay. The auto the auto industry rollback. Yep. Keystone Pipeline auto industry rollback. Re-entering the Paris agreements, national monuments, and we have one more. First day. This is the first day. Big first, first day, day for Joe. Right. Seventeen executive orders. These are just, these are just the environmental orders. Okay. Okay. So the last one I have to share is the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge drilling in Alaska. See. Okay, there we go. I'm assuming the Keystone Pipeline is going to link up to some of these this rigs. Is, this is an interesting one and an insidious one because when Trump was voted out of office, <clears throat> he signed a bill in on January 6th in a last-ditch effort to sell this wildlife refuge land to the fossil fuel industry to drill. So he's he's trying to give them something when he leaves office a favor. Wait, or so when he did this like right before he was about right, to leave like office, just a couple weeks ago, yeah. He so he tried to sell the leases. He tried to sell this land, yeah, to developers and the fossil fuel industry. That's sad. To drill, it's pretty sad. Why did he want to do that? Who fucking knows? Who knows? Maybe he'll call it in in the future. I, I get know. it. I yeah. throw you a bone, you throw me a bone, kind of thing. Okay, so he um, he being Biden. Biden put a moratorium on leasing of that land yesterday. Thank God. Okay, so that's not going to happen anymore. However, there is going to be a lot of legal court battles over this because Trump gave out, he sold kind of like coupons to this land to do as you will with it, right? But it's a wildlife right. refuge, so how could you do that? And there's a huge battle between native the, the Native Alaskans who want to protect the land and some state governors who want it for jobs. So Alaska is kind of a hotbed of environmental issues now. We do an episode on Alaska. I see what you mean. And what's interesting is I just lost my voice there completely. Anything you have to add to what Joe did yesterday or questions? Um, I think what, I think what's really cool when I was doing this research is that. So basically with the Obama administration, although he really, he wanted to do stuff with climate, his first term was really dedicated to healthcare. And because of that, don't, don't text me and yell at me. Critics say that he basically, because he waited till his second term to get around to climate change when he like really couldn't do anything that he was pretty ineffective with that. So if you take both of Obama's turns terms, and then you take Trump's term, we've had 12 years since we've had like a lot of modern climate change stuff. And Joe is starting, he's like putting all this shit into the infrastructure of the government. And that's really cool. It's the first time that's happened. Okay. Yep. I understand. Do you get that? Understand. Yeah. How was that section that I did? (laughs) All right. What we're going to do is we're going to take a musical break and then it's going to be time for the halftime honey. Quarter honey. It is time for the Halftime Honey. Let's fucking do it. This is the Halftime Honey Toast where we discuss and celebrate some absurd science in the news that is somehow related to our episode. 
I find the story, and Noah will respond with his immediate thoughts. Let's fucking do it. So, I raise my glass, and Noah, what are we drinking today? Guys, you know what we're drinking. You already know. You already fucking, you know. Already fucking Jack know Daniels, it. honey, because they pay us millions of dollars, just like the Alaska oil leases. I raise my glass to the person who started the Alex Rodriguez memes yesterday. <laughs> Thank you. And I will explain what I mean by that after we toast. Liam. Ooh. Ooh. Alex Rodriguez. Tastes is bitter. He's not just a hard-hitting shortstop anymore. Okay, he does all the baseball commentary, mm-hmm. right? For some reason, he was at the Biden's inauguration and just standing there staring at them. And people started putting him into memes, like the one where Washington is crossing the Delaware River in his boat. <laughs> and then Alex, Ro- Alex Rodriguez is in the boat as well. And then people would put him like in the Sistine Chapel touching someone. Oh, that is it's so like Alex Rodriguez in the Sistine good. Chapel. It's amazing. Oh, God, you'd love it. You'd love to see one. It's so good. So thank you for the person who started the A-Rod memes. That halftime honey was for you. Your response. Um, I love, <laughs> I love, I'm just thinking about the one with him in the boat crossing the Delaware River. Mm-hmm. That brings happiness to me. Also, there's a funny picture of Bernie Sanders mittens. That was a meme yeah, as well. What is this mitten meme? He just looks so grumpy. <laughs> he just looks like such a grumpy old man. Grumpy old Vermonster. Like a grumpy old Vermonster. Do you know any Vermonsters? You ever Vermonsters in your life? I do. Tell me about Crunchy. That. Crunchy? I use one word, crunchy. Yeah. A crunchy, crunchy. crunchy folk. They like... They're the hippies of the East Coast. They're the hippies. It's so funny. It's so funny. They're the hippies of the East Coast. East Coast. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like Northern California kind of moved to the East Coast, but they're like... Really, they really play out their crunch. I know. But, but in reality, all those states are so close together that they're like this... They're all, the, they're all one state, someone that doesn't live there. The Northeast is all just one if, you, if you're not growing up there. One little melting thing? It's just like... I, I don't know where the states interconnect or whatever. I just think about it as one thing. You know what? We just talked about Biden's vision for the current state of climate change, what he did yesterday. Tell us about his vision for the future. Okay. I'm excited to talk about the vision for the future. The reason is, as already described, is because he is, I think, the first president to really set up from the beginning to put in all... Oh, for sure. To put in all facets of government. Like, climate change is something that he will be great at. Like, in... He ran on climate yeah, change. Yeah. In, in, after his first term... He'll be graded on climate change because that is like his one of his main, main, main ass things. When he's 150. Okay, when he's 150, yep. we'll grade him on it. So it's really cool what he's doing. We haven't had this before. Um, so but he plans to make a $2 trillion federal investment over the next 10 years. Just to put a trillion dollars in context for you, a trillion is a thousand billions. Okay, Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon, he's worth $182 billion. So basically... Biden is putting in as much money into climate change as 10 times the money that Jeff Bezos owns. Awesome. So it's, a, it's one, it's approximately one fuck ton of money. That's a fuck ton. It's one. If I've ever heard of a fuck ton, if I've ever been able to quantify, right there. been able to quantify a fuck ton, it would be right there. You just want to put that bad boy in. It's got to go in there. You want to slam that bad boy in. As I talked about earlier, Adam, Obama tried very hard to work on climate change. The problem was that by the time he got around to it, it was mostly ineffective. So we have had about twelve a twelve year gap, even longer because Bush was before that. Before we've had like any kind of new modern shit put in there. Yeah, I got it. So to pay so to pay for the two trillion dollar investment, we're going to increase the corporate income tax from twenty one percent to twenty eight percent. 
So what is a corporate income tax? Yeah. If you file as a corporation, you get this tax. That's pretty task. That's pretty much it. Large companies, they're registered under what's called a C corporation. So a lot of small businesses, a lot of restaurants, you know, they're, they're an LLC or an S corporation. A big ass company, I don't know exactly when, but somewhere, somewhere in the legality of being a very big company, it becomes advantageous to register as a C corporation for tax purposes. So anyone registered as a C corporation, their profit is going to be taxed at 28%, not 21%. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's a significant raise. It's a significant raise. So he's already not making friends in the business sector. Now he's going to make even less. Okay. That's not, not great, but I do like the tax. You got to pay for the fucking thing. Right. That's where the money's going to come from. Yeah. You got to, you got to pay for it. Fucking tax those corpse. Good. Just tax them. It's like Apple, Google, just fucking tax them. Yeah. Tax them. Tax them. It's not like a small bit. I I think I read a lot of, a lot of things online. That's like, they're like, oh, the small businesses aren't going to be able to survive. It is not a small business that's being taxed because they don't file as a corp. They file usually as an LLC or, or an S corporation just to get a little more into it. The reason that you would never file as a C corporation, as a small business is because they're taxed twice. They're taxed on their profit. And they are then taxed on their income tax individually. Oh God. Basically, whereas an S corp or LLC, the, the beauty is that you're only taxed once on your profits. Why would you ever file as a corp? Exactly. I don't know enough to know like when you get to like a thousand employees, it is then Something worth it. The Something is like then worth it tax wise to switch. Okay. Yeah. So Biden knows very well. That the biggest criticism. If you're an accountant listening to this, go ahead and send send us an Instagram. Yeah, you can you know? go ahead and fucking send us something Do about when nature. you would come to be a C corp and why that works We'd out. We'd love to know. We'd love to know. So Biden knows that the biggest opposition to his plan, Adam, is job growth. Okay. So as he puts it, when I think about climate change, the word I think of is jobs. Ooh. Like he gets it that this is the biggest. This is called staying on message. Anyone who's on anyone who's interviewing message. for jobs, you need to watch a politician. Stay on stay your mes- on message. No matter what question they ask in your job interviews, stay on your message. Right. One thing I think about, one thing that's really cool about his thing is that it's aggressive. Right? Yeah, we're not, we're not I agree. We're not pussyfooting around. No, so to speak. We're not doing any footing. Any we're not doing footing. any footing. We're not doing any grab ass. Like his yeah. thing, his thing is really really aggressive. As as Trump actually said, I think it's worse than actually Bernie's platform. Sweet. Which means that it means good. Means that it's fucking good and it's and it's aggressive. Let's talk about the plan. Enough. Yeah. Let's talk about grab ass and pussyfooting around. Have um, ever actually played pussyfoot? Have I ever played grab ass? I remember my coach yelled at us so much that we were playing grab ass that we we're like, "What is grab ass? What actually is grab? Is that ass? when people run around and grab each other's Stop ass? Stop playing grab ass. <laughs> let's play. How do you play grab ass? No, let's sit down and have let's a game of grab sit ass. Sit down and have a game of grab ass. Let's hash out a game of grab ass. Talk coach. about. Talk about grab ass. Yeah. Let's talk about zero carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. So originally the plan was set us on a path to achieve net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Net zero is a word they use in his doctrine. It just means that we're going to, we're going to go to hundred percent clean energy. That's a better way to say it. I think so by 2050, that was original on a speech in tw- January 12th. He made the plan way more aggressive. So we've moved the plan now up to 2035. So we've actually already accelerated his climate change policy. Okay. So we went from 2050 to 2035 with 100% clean energy. Seems like 2035 is becoming a popular year because UNESCO has that down as well. I'm pretty sure he's using 2035 because it is will be the end of his second term. Or, yeah. 
One plus Oof. two. People are gonna people are gonna write us about this one. Be like, you guys can't count. Wait, you don't know geography? It's not gonna be the end of his second term. He's gonna be eight years. Fuck it. Yeah. Okay, it's gonna go. be close. Okay, it's gonna be Donnie Junior's term. It's gonna be Noah Weissman's term. <laughs> right. By twenty thirty five. So the problem is that coal and natural gas they yeah. still account for sixty percent of all U.S. energy. Yeah. So the deal is, how do we get rid of that sixty percent of coal and natural gas? We need. We basically need to do it in like nine years. Nuclear. What does he say about so, nuclear? I'm sorry. We need to do it in 14 years based on his plan. Oh, God. Okay. Right. Right. So, so what does he say about the nuke? Is he into it? Yeah. Or no? Let's talk. Do you want to talk about nuclear or solar and wind first? Uh, you go ahead. You nuke. go ahead and do what you want to do. So we're going to talk about solar and wind and nuclear. Solar and wind. Million, he's going to place millions of new solar panels and tens of thousands of wind turbines. In fact, his plan is actually to double the amount of power driven by offshore wind power in nine years. So off, offshore wind is just a... Wind turbine put in the ocean somewhere. Oh, there's a wind farm in the ocean? Not even in the ocean. It can be in like a lake too. The is that big, a thing? Is that a thing? Yeah, because right the, the biggest complaint about wind turbines is that space is that they make noise. Oh, okay. Is that they're unsightly? Some people like claim that they're unsightly. They're unsightly and they make noise. Those are the biggest complaints with them because the turbines make a ton of noise when they spin around. Okay. So if we if we put them in the middle of lakes or in the middle of the ocean where no one, where no one is... Yeah, that's fine. Then there's no problem. Plus, guess what? There's a lot of wind out there. Mm-hmm. So he's going to double the amount of power coming from that. That's really cool. Really, really cool. Let's talk about nuclear energy. How did you end up working out this wind farm in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean? I know. Like, who goes out on a boat to those wind turbines? Fugitives. Straight up. Mm-hmm. Nuclear energy. To be on- So to be honest, he's not completely laid out what he's going to do about nuclear, nuclear power. But people in the industry are really, really... They're ha- they're positive about it. They think that he's going to do a lot of pro nuclear stuff. the The things that he has laid out is that he's creating a new agency called the Advanced Research Projects Agency. What it is is it's a cross departmental agency that they take care of future tech on climate change. Wow, we so have- it's its own thing. It's really cool. It's basically it's its own thing that we haven't had before, and their only job is to research future tech for climate change. That's so. That's cool. all they're supposed to do. That's amazing. So they have two things to do with nuclear that's that's already planned. They are planning on developing the smaller nuclear reactors that are half the cost of current ones. This is a big ass deal because we've made absolutely zilch progress on this before. So now we're actually going to make progress on it. And the that team, that agency, they're also going to reevaluate nuclear. Okay. So it does seem like in a year or two, we will know exactly what he wants to do about nuclear from this team of scientists in here. Okay. I think it's cool that like professionals are actually evaluating That's amazing this. that he formed an, an actual agency to do something All they have thinking. to do, there's a bunch, it's like a think tank. It's a government think tank to just make future tech. So while he may be old, it sounds like he's doing th- cutting edge things in the government. While he may be old as shit, he's doing cutting edge shit. That's amazing. A lot of shit. Yeah. Rules on the oil and gas industry. Okay. So again, we're ta- we're talking about how is how he's going to get from 60% of all US energy being coal and oil to down to zero emissions. He's going to put a lot of rules on oil and gas industry. He's going to get rid one one big thing is that the oil and gas industry gets a ton of subsidies and a big critique of this is that if we just took these subsidies away and use this for groups like his research agency, we would already be off of fossil fuels. So he's going to take these subsidies away and he's going to use those to help pay for his climate change policy. Okay. So if you're an oil worker right now, 
might be time to look at something else. Yeah, it might be time. To is our job else. is jobs just going to shrink? Okay, in so the industry. Yeah, so he is a ton of. I didn't get too into jobs, but basically what he's what he's trying to say and what he's trying to do is he's trying to move the jobs, the working class blue collar jobs from the oil and gas industry to like building wind power or solar. He's or just trying to move those jobs to new opportunities being created in the clean energy sector. And what he says is that it'll make more jobs. Right. Because of course you that's can their de- first objection to anything like this. For sure. And of course that can be debated. Absolutely. Long and long and long. Right. So anyway, that was basically how we're how we're gonna get to zero carbon emissions. We're gonna do nuclear energy, new kinds of research with that agency. We're gonna do tons of tons of more solar and wind and there's gonna be a lot more rules in the oil and gas industry and their subsidies are gonna be subsidies are going to be taken away. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay, we're going to go to auto transportation. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Okay, he's developing laws using the Clean Air Act to ensure that 100% of new vehicle sales for light and medium auto- automobiles are electric. I think 100%? Is, yeah, I think this is by 2035. Uh, yeah, 2035. So this sounds like I had to read this a bunch, but it, 100% of new vehicle sales, his goal is that they are all electric if they're light and medium vehicle. Yeah. So a heavy vehicle would be like a Ford 350 or Ford whatever. That needs to pull shit. Just wonder what this is going to do to like global politics in the Middle East and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like I said, his stuff is aggressive. I love it. He's okay. not pussyfooting around. No, he's not playing grab ass out there. Um, he's also going to install 500,000 new public charging outlets for electric vehicles. That would be very so like, helpful. Instead of gas stations, we just have charging shit. Nice. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about protecting land. These are the highlights, by the way, from his policy. You can read through his whole policy. It is a lot. It's a lot to take in. In 2030, so basically, right. Let me let me start with right now. Right now, protected land in the U.S. We're at 12% for land, so 12% of land is protected, and 26% for water. His goal is that by 2030, which would be around the end of his second term, 30% of all water, which is an increase of 4%. And 30% of all land, which is an increase of 18%, will be protected. So almost a third of all land in America will be protected by 2030. Okay. That's uh, What do you mean, oh, okay? That's really fucking tight. We're it's gonna have, so cool. We're going to have way uh, more now. I just want you to let you talk. I, it's amazingly aggressive. Yeah. And it's, I love how it's aggressive it's the first it is. time that the president has come in and been like, this, I'm going to fix this shit, this particular it's shit. Exactly. Right Thank here. you. Thank you. It's the first time a president has come in and been like, been like from my foundation as a president. In yeah. my roots that I'm laying, you know, they they come into office, they have to lay all these roots. He's like, in my roots that I'm laying, we're gonna fix, we're gonna fix this, and I'm, you know, I'm gonna be judged on fixing this. This is the first time that this has happened. I think what he's gonna run up against from the other side is that he needs to show that you can, can create jobs by growing the climate fighting. For industry. sure, for yeah. sure, he needs to create more jobs by doing this as well. That's his big thing. Yep. But can you imagine that? So we're at 12% for land right now, Adam. Okay. We're about a 10th of the, of the land of the country. Let's do it. We're going to be, we're going to go to about a third of the, of the country protected. I love it. Do you I'm want fired more, up on Joe? Do you want more backpacking I'm trips? I'm fired up on Joe right now. Do you want to fucking, fucking fire fired up, up on Joe? Uncle fucking Joe. Joe. Well, I feel like, you know, he's the kind of man that would have a whiskey with you. Honestly, he sounds like the best, best president I've ever seen. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Joe. Joe, Joe. That's what plays in my head when I read his climate policy. It's fucking time and Joe's writing. Remember we played this during orchestra in seventh grade and it was for the violas to do it. And we, we couldn't do it. We could, it just couldn't, it wasn't going to happen for us. We didn't have the that's skill. That's so sad. Cause that, that, song, the talent. that song is so lit. It's a great song. 
What's that from? Any again? Is it Johnny Williams? I'm having is like, that Johnny? I'm having like a brain fart. What's that Fucking from? Pirates of the Caribbean. Of course, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, you guys man. couldn't play it. You, I couldn't play it personally. It's a lot of notes. <laughs> I know, but you got to get down on that song though. Like fucking down on it, you know what I mean? I wanted to stand up on my chair and start. Started, I'm, I'm fucking Captain Jack. <laughs> Captain Jack is here. Fucking Joe's here. Yep. All right, let's talk about future tech. We just talked about protecting lands. It's going to go to 30%. Okay, we're going to do... Everyone's going to have more backpacking trips. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sign me up. Future tech. Remember the ARPA, which is the Advanced Research Projects Agency I talked about in the nuclear section? Mm-hmm. These are, these are other things that they are also going to focus on besides developing smaller nuclear reactors and just evaluating nuclear as a whole. Carbon capture use and storage. So what this is is technologies to basically suck carbon down from the air and either use it again or store it. Seaweed. Yep. So examples of this technology are, Adam just said, seaweed, um, literally large scrubbers that look, that look like big synthetic trees. They yeah. literally pump carbon out of the atmosphere like a big vacuum. Yep. And then you can use the carbon that's sequestered to grow algae. And that algae can then be used to feed livestock or process into bio, bio, biofuels that can be used as a fuel itself. Yeah. It can also be used for carbon credits, right? Does he talk about carbon credits and they're so expanding that, so it out that, of California? So that is a marketplace thing. Yeah. But I, I can we get that going in all the states? What does he say about that? You didn't read anything like that. I didn't read. Any, I didn't read anything about that. This is specifically future tech that that agency is going to look into. Okay, sorry. Yeah, the agency is looking into nuclear, looking into carbon capture. No, it's I sick. know, but let's let's get some companies that just pump out seaweed to take carbon out of the atmosphere, give them subsidies to make to make it a real business. Right, but that's an economic way to right. stop climate but change. But as we learned in the Paris Agreement, that is one of the three mandates. No, I like it. I like it. Okay, okay. why don't you fucking write Joe? Get on the phone and write Joe. Okay, railroads. I can't fucking wait for this. I didn't know about this, and I'm super. I'm super excited. I think everyone in the, in the country should be excited for this. He wants to spark what he calls the second great railroad revolution. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Oh, it's what he calls the cleanest, safest, fastest rail system in the world. I'm going on the railroad. I'm going on the railroad. <laughs> Uncle, no, Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe, old Uncle Joe. I'll wants be the there railroad. in time for Christmas. <laughs> old Uncle Joe wants the railroads back. <laughs> He wants the railroads back. It's actually really cool. Okay. So what's considered, first of all, where is this railroad gonna gonna go? Um, it's gonna go like railways. So you could get on a rail in the northeast. You could take a high speed rail down to the all the way down to the south. Then you could take it to Chicago, and then you could take a rail coast to coast. He's gonna complete the California high speed rail project, which in California is known as a huge joke because it's a it's a it's a project that's never been completed. So basically, if you live in the northeast, you have a pretty good rail system. Right, but here and again, the West Coast. Just, we don't just have so shit you know, if rail. you live there in the West Coast, it's it's a joke. We don't have shit for rail. We have no railways. Yeah, and like there's projects like this, like the California High Speed Rail, that have been around for like 30 years since we were kids. SF and, and nothing happens. Right. Yeah. The dream. Um, so also Texas is completely flat. Right. We have cities like San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Houston. A railway connecting them would be perfect. The Triangle of Texas cities. The Triangle. If you of don't Texas. know. If you don't know. The Texas cities are all in a little triangle in the center of the They're state. They're all in a triangle. They'd be perfect for a rail. I met I once, I met an, like an OG Texas businessman, and he said that there wasn't a railway because Southwest Airlines lobbied super hard against it because they make a lot of money from their like Houston to Dallas flights. Freaking lobbyists. So anyway, basically we're going to have, take the Northeast, okay? Mm-hmm. Make it high speed rails instead of regular rails. And right now in the United States, there's only one there's only one railroad that's considered high speed, 
And what I mean by high speed is hundred. It has to get around 160 miles per hour. I know what it is. What fucking is it, dude? Bill Clinton's penis. <laughs> where Where are you? <laughs> no, where is it? Okay, where is it? The The high speed rail system is it operates obviously in the northeast of the U.S. and it is the it called the Asala <laughs> the Asala Express by Amtrak. Okay. Where so, so basically, there's, there was only one line. There's only one line that's high speed. Okay. It goes around the Northeast Corridor. Okay. Okay. So, just I want people out there, imagine the Northeast rail system. Imagine all those rails are high speed now, not just one. So, they can all go 160 miles per hour. And now, take that and blow it up for the rest of the country. So, that's what Joe wants to do. He wants to do the second great railroad revolution. God, who says no to that? So, you can, so, so I could hop on a railroad with my dog in California, and I can zip... All the way to New York to see my friends with my dog. That sounds awesome. It sounds fucking awesome. It sounds awesome. California needs the rail system. Oh the West God. Coast needs a rail system. I don't know. I have no idea why. Why can't we get? The why can't I get Seattle on a to damn? LA. We should have a Seattle to LA. Rail. Seattle to LA, please. Why can't I get on a damn rail and go down to San Francisco instead of driving? It's so ridiculous. Why, yeah. Why can't so I go anyway, LA? guess what? Uncle Joe, he's old. He likes old things. One of those things is railways. So I'm how really fast about they go? It. Do they go 200 miles an hour? Is it one of those? Like a bullet? It's, it's a bullet. Okay. It's a bullet. And the crazy, the crazy thing is, I'll, I'll repeat again, is that in the oh, U in the U.S. I wouldn't want you to. Repeat no, you're again. good. In the U in the U.S., we only have one rail that's considered high speed. Okay, is it on magnets or how how is it done? I'm not sure how it's done, but all I know is that our rail system is unbelievably antiquated and non-existent. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. and we're gonna try and become like Europe. <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah, it's fucking good. I would love to hop on a rail and just like sit in the cab for like a, for like a day and like hang out and then get to New York. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the other thing he's going to do, he's going to rally the rest of the world. This is big. He's, he's trying to make an agreement with China on carbon mitigation. And the reason is you already laid this out. It's because our economy is very linked to China's. Yeah, guess what? So not only are we the first two biggest emitters, we're also competitors as well. And we're two of the biggest players in the, in the economy, in the world economy. So it's important that we are both together on our climate change goals. And we can really only like, it's like, it's like our rival that we need to work with yep. to do carbon mitigation. So, Absolutely th agree. so that's what he he wants to do. Okay. He wants to make an agreement with them and we work towards carbon mitigation together. That sounds great. Um, let's talk about the climate committee. Yep. It's my last section. So a lot has been made about this committee that he's making, but he's the first person to make a climate office inside of the white house. And he's appointing like this this all star team to lead these various things of climate. Like I said, he's putting the roots in for climate like never before. Yeah, you know, some people yeah. they just like played around. We used to get in there. We used yeah. to like play in the sand like we were like little kids, right? Yeah. He's getting in there with a bulldozer, right? right. He's building right. shit. Now it's gonna putting be a, a roots part in. of infrastructure. Building shit. Part of infrastructure. Climate. Yeah. It's amazing. As he says, the climate committee are a tested cohort. Cohort. Of bold thinkers who know how to pull every lever of government. To lead the climate committee, he selected Gina, Big oh. Climate. Excuse me? Gina, a.k.a. Big Climate. <laughs> as I call her, Gina, a.k.a. Big, Big Climate Mama McCarthy, as his climate czar to lead this. Okay. So the position of climate czar, that's the nickname for the position. That's awesome. Yeah, it was put in place actually by Obama in 2009. Unfortunately, the House of Representatives, they defunded and eliminated the position in 2011. Oh, no. So, but like what was kind of classic with his with his stuff on climate, it just, he had so much opposition to it, he couldn't really get anything done. Yeah. So, yeah. 
this position has been there before, but really like it hasn't had the power. So Obama elected Carol Browner to be his climate czar. And what, what she said about this new climate committee, this is what she said. And this, again, this is the climate czar that Obama elected. She said, when I was selected, it was the first senior climate person in the White House. Now it will be like that, but on steroids. <laughs> so that's coming from her. Okay. So let's talk about big climate mama for a little bit. Again, Gina McCarthy, the climate czar now mm-hmm. that Biden put in office. She was Obama's second chief of the Environmental Protection Agency. She is currently the CEO of Natural Resources Defense Council. Al Gore said about her, Mr. Mr. Climate, Al Gore said about her, she's uniquely qualified for the job. So supposedly, according to a lot of news sources, she's like a very straight-talking Massachusetts native. Mm-hmm. In in plain speak, Adam. Yeah. What asshole? What, what, what we say? What we like to call straight talking mass. She's, she's a native. Asshole? Is that? And I mean, we mean this with. Um, how do you say like it's endearing? Like, endearing. Thank yeah. you. We we mean this as a term of endearment that she is a asshole. <laughs> Which is perfect. So she'll basically yell at people to get things done. She's historically been known to say things like telling people to put on their big boy pants. <laughs> really? <laughs> so climate mama just runs around telling people to put on their big boy pants. Um, or she said, she said this, she said, I cannot shy, shy away from controversy. I don't know if it's my Irish blood, but I love it. <laughs> That's great. So she's fucking awesome. So we have basically a mass hole leading the climate committee. Perfect. It's fucking perfect. She's going to get shit done. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the international climate czar. So it's basically her, but dealing with the international issues. So you can think that he's going to be really dealing with most of the stuff, most of the stuff in China. This is his mandate for leading the world. Right. So big mama climate. Yeah. She leads everything domestically. Mm -hmm. And John Kerry is the international climate czar. He leads everything foreign, foreign JK. And let me tell you about JK. Not not a, uh, let me tell you that a great guy. Edward Snowden. Honestly, honestly yeah. people are very split on him being the international climate czar. He's just kind of a dick. Um, Edward Snowden, not a fan of John Kerry. Right. And Bill Browder from Red Notice. He also really doesn't like John Kerry and said some, said some very damning things about him in his book. Yep. Um, people say people, <laughs> there's criticism online about him that like, this is the exact position he wanted. Cause he gets to fly in private jets and stay in luxury hotels in Europe. And then lecture people about climate. Right, that was the thing. He's kind of a politician, politician. He's kind of the Thomas Jefferson. Oh, I see. He's taking. The he's the road. Alexander Hamilton, he's Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, I got it. He's kind of like the very elitist. He's not really the man. He's not seen as a man of the people. Well, he's a war hero. Is he really? Yeah. Oh fuck me. Sorry, John. Well, I just, <laughs> like I, I believe so. I, I remember that. I'm excited. It's it's. We've never had again. We've never had a president put the roots in. Put the roots in. Put the roots in for this. And we have a strong, fierce mass hole leading the charge. Okay. Shout out to Massachusetts. Let's go to a musical break. And then afterwards, we're going to do Open Kimono to wrap it up. Let's do it.
We could play Klezmere in the climate committee meeting. You know what I mean? Get him started on a little Klezmere. Show him what's up. Play some Mac Dre in there. Pete Buttigieg, he likes Mac Dre. No, yeah. It's time for the open kimono. Let's do it. This is the open kimono where we freely talk and discuss our final thoughts on the topic and leave nothing to the imagination. Okay, so why don't you go ahead, because you're on a roll, give us your final thoughts on Joe Biden's climate change policy. Okay, I just want to shout out Joe for having a huge wiener and for just laying down the roots. And what I like about his aggressive plan is that he knows that probably he's going to have to scale it back. But negotiation tactic, he's just going for everything and he's going to scale back a little bit. Yeah. Um, I just love everything about it. We've we've never had this happen before. So I'm really excited to see what happens. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's fucking amazing. Honestly, it's, it's fucking amazing. amazing. It, it made I, me fucking I'm lit. So, I'm so lit. I'm so it's excited. Lit. I'm really interested to see. Ride with me. I'm really but, interested to see who on the other side of the Senate in the House on the right side, who rides with Joe with the climate change policy. That'll be that'll who be can, the thing. How can we get climate change to be palatable to, how to Republicans? Get, how again? can we get climate change to be nonpartisan again? Exactly. Right. How, how can, can we, we do that? How can we float it out there that it's not something that's partisan? So if you, look, if you think about their objections, right, it's going to be jobs, right? It's going to be the economy. Right. How can we show that we can make jobs by doing climate change? Exactly. So I, I think it'll be really, it's amazing. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. I agree. For sure. Guys. Shout out to the monster living in the ice planet. That is, it's climate is is cold. It's cold and it's right. Uh, it's so it's a good. Gone. So it's good climate. It's not warming. Uh, Sarah's boyfriends. We hope that you support climate change. And if you don't, listen, go back to playing Warcraft and and yeah. uh, big climate. Maybe don't date big, Sarah. Big climate mom is coming for you. Big hey, I want to yeah. shout out Nadine. Long long live Canada, Nadine. Thanks so much for the kind words on the podcast and for connecting me with your firefighter friend. Thank you, You're Nadine. You're the best, guys. You can find us on Instagram at dude underscore nature. Give us a follow, give us a mention, and find any of our episodes on any of the cool podcasting platforms that you use. If you love the podcast, give us a five-star rating I, on iTunes. We really appreciate it, and it really helps as well. I also want to say, when I think about Biden's climate change, that I think about Ride With Me by T.I. Do you know what I mean? Like, just ride with me. We'll see you next time. That's what he plays. When he, when he, when he talks about his climate, is ride with me. See you next time. Love you guys.